Welcome to the River Valley Podcast. River Valley is a group of people seeking to connect to Jesus and connect to each other. And we're excited that you're here. Whether you're listening at home, on the job, maybe at the gym, in the car, wherever you're joining us, I hope that you'll open up your heart, open up your mind, and receive a fresh word from the Lord today. Enjoy the message. Man, I uh, I am so glad it is finally cold, and so I got I mean I got tired of sweating over Christmas, and so I am glad you guys are here today. So I truly, truly, truly uh, love New Year's. I love this time of year. I love thinking about the future. I love planning for the future, and we're going to talk about that today in the life of our church. So be turning your Bibles. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 is where we're going to be today. And so um, one of the things uh, I, uh, you saw up here, I'm going to talk about him in a little bit. Chris Renfro, he's pastor of Hope Church in Johns Creek, Georgia, which is North Atlanta. And so one of our church plants that we helped sponsor over the last year. And so uh, I coach uh, church planters and I coach uh, church pastors. And uh, it's been a privilege of mine. And so I'm around other coaches as well. And uh, a church planting coach or a pastoring coach, uh, they're there to help you. I mean, sometimes, you know, they have to just like, they're there, it's okay, you know, it's not that bad. There's those kind of moments. There's also, there should be in coaching those kind of moments where you're like, get up and quit crying. Those kind of moments as well. And so one of the things that I have seen in the life of coaching and helping uh, planters and pastors look at the future is this idea that wherever we are right now is the new normal and that's just it as as if um you know covid is the big one as if covid whatever covid did to you or whatever happened because of you well that's just it and you just sit back and you sort of take it and that's you know wherever you are right now however you are whether that's good or bad or whatever you know it's just sort of the luck of the draw and that's it and I'm here to tell you that's a lie from the pit of hell that is a lie from the pit of hell Jesus Christ has a plan and a future for you Jesus Christ did not die on the cross and save us from our sins and empower us with the Holy Spirit and give us the church and speak to us through his word so that we can just sit back and whatever circumstances happen, let them happen and just be like, okay, whatever. No, 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 no. We are the people of God who have been given a mandate to take the world for Jesus Christ. And that happens good season, out of season, in season. It doesn't matter because Jesus is is on the throne all the time. I believe that with all my heart. I truly, truly believe that. And I want you to understand and experience today that we are not a church that just comes on Sunday because that's what we're supposed to do. And Jesus will come back one day and then it'll get really great. No, Jesus said, I have come that they may have life abundant and we're going to live an abundant life right now. We absolutely are. And so I want us to look today at our strategy of how we are going to Uh, achieve that, of of what that looks like in the days to come. Now, one of the funny things about any kind of vision or strategy is if you've been here for a long time, you could probably say, 
didn't he say the same thing last year? And the answer is, yeah. I mean, that's why it's vision. I mean, it, it, it technically in strategy, it never, it, it never changes. Because the worst thing in the world is the, the, the person who uh, every new thing that comes along, that, that they abandon their old strategy and go for something new. So they're here, 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 here. No, no, we have a, a continual strategy. And that's what Jesus has given us in this, this place. So we don't want it to be chaotic. But we also don't want it to be mundane where you're like, it's the same, it's the same, it's the same. And so what I'm going to do today is I'm going to walk you through our strategy as a church, how we uh, anticipate uh, growing for the entire life of the church and the specifics of what I believe God is showing us that it'll ha that will happen this year. And so a little bit of a different sermon in the sense of uh, it's going to be more about us today than it is about you, but how you as an individual and I as an individual can plug into our church and really see God do some amazing things. So Acts chapter 1, uh, verse, actually we're going to do 7 and 8. So, so Jesus has died, Jesus has been resurrected, and uh, Jesus is about to ascend into heaven. And so the disciples are asking him questions on his way out. And basically one of the questions is like, when will the end times come? Now this is, this is Jesus. This is 2,000 years ago. And so they're, they're, they're concerned about the end times, just like we are today. And so Jesus says in verse, we start, yeah, verse 7. So he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the periods that the Father has set by his own authority. So Jesus says, we're not going to know. Now, when we're right in the middle of it, we'll know. But until then, he says, you're not going to know. But there is something that you are supposed to know. Verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So this verse right here, verse 8, there's several ways to think about it, and all of them are correct, and so I'll show you the one we're going to do today, but let me tell you the other ones. So the first is almost like the outline of the book. The book of Acts, this is the Acts of the Apostles, the way that they acted, what they did. This is a, an outline, the progression of how the gospel has gone from where they are in Jerusalem to Judea, the Samaria, the ends of the earth. It actually, it actually shows how it uh, moves in the book. And you actually see this progression in the book. You, you see them start in Jerusalem, and there's several chapters about how God works in Jerusalem. And then all of a sudden, there's a, uh, a moment where they, have, they come under persecution, and so they spread out. And so it talks about Jerusalem, and then Judea, the, this area outside, and then Samaria these new people that they didn't know were going to come into the gospel, uh, all of a sudden start coming into the gospel, and then the ends of the earth. And so it's this progression of the book itself in this outline. The second way to think of it is a prophecy. Jesus told them before it happened what was going to happen. So it's not just the outline of the book. Jesus was like, look, I told you this is going to happen. And I think about the ends of the earth. In the end of this book, we see Paul going to Rome. We see Paul going to Rome, and he's going to appear before Caesar, and he has appealed as, uh, as towards Caesar. And what's interesting about that is think about this is the, the Caesar of the Roman Empire, and Paul is going there to plead his case. But he doesn't care if it, he wins or loses as far as his case. He gets to tell Caesar of the Roman Empire about Jesus. That's amazing. I mean, some of you, I mean, think about you, you, if you were ever to get to go and to meet the president. 
I mean, would you, would you be willing or would you be wanting to, to share your faith with that person? That's what he's doing there. And so he shares his faith with that. Some other interesting things that we know from church history. Thomas goes all the way to India. Thomas goes all the way to India and shares his faith. Um, let's see, James goes to Spain and shares his faith. And so we really and truly see this progression uh, early in the life of the, the church of spreading of the gospel all the way literally to the ends of the earth and so the last way so we can think about progression or prophecy the last thing we can think of it and the one we're going to talk about today is a plan it's a plan god says this is what's going to happen but i want you or us now as the local church to use this this is your marching orders this is how it's supposed to work this is what you are supposed to do it's this plan for how it's supposed to unfold and and so we go from jerusalem to judea samaria to the ends of the earth this is our progression and our plan today and so then he gives them a couple warnings he gives them very specifics and first of all he says look in verse 7 he says don't get distracted don't don't start holding prophecy conferences of like, like oh I don't know you know is the guy in the White House is how does that fit into the end times I don't know I really don't you, you know but what I do know is Jesus said don't get distracted by all that don't get distracted by politics guys be a political person and vote according to biblical principles but listen some of us have gotten so distracted that we really believe that if our guy and our party were completely in charge that it would be heaven on earth and that's not true until jesus comes back we're going to have some big problems and then when he comes back all's well it's all good and so we're not going to get distracted by other things that could really take us away from what we are supposed to be doing secondly he says you will receive power i need this verse desperately because i want my tendency is for jesus to give me some marching orders and then me to go okay wait and i tell jesus to just stand over to the side and watch me be awesome and uh you know like you're just like check this out you know i mean that's my whole life like watch this you know and that does not end up well most of the time and so so jesus doesn't say hey go out and do it and tell me when you're done jesus says my power has got to be in you the entire time my power has got to be flowing through you you will receive power from the holy spirit and when god the holy spirit comes inside of you in salvation and you begin to live and connect with jesus on a regular basis he empowers you to do these things and they actually succeeded i mean think about this this is a group of people who have no money who have no influence who travel is a huge major inconvenience I mean, so those of you who traveled over the holidays, I've already talked to several of you that got stranded, you know, which is such a, I mean, it's such a modern thing. I mean, you know, think about, you know, in our day, you're like, oh my gosh. I mean, the airline was like, hey, remember when we took your money and said we'd take you to, you know, Philadelphia, you know, psych, or, you know, or even worse, we left you there, you know, that kind of thing. And so, but, but these people, I mean, they're used to, I mean, they're used to major, major traveling problems and yet the, the, it still accomplishes no conveniences no modern communication and yet we actually see all of this unfold they have no money no influence no modern travel no communications and yet they really and truly go from jerusalem to judea to samaria to the ends of the earth why because they have the power of god they have the power of god i hope i hope um when, when i coach my church planners especially when they come in here 
You guys remember in the early days, you guys, I mean, uh, if you've been here a long time, I mean, you know, our whole church used to fit into a little trailer. Uh, I mean, it used to take us like 30 minutes to set up for the whole church. I mean, uh, the, we, we, used to have, we used to have children's ministry in a hallway. I mean, you, you know, I mean, that was like, like our whole, I remember one time I was like, there's 14 kids back there. It was like, it was crazy. And, and so, you know, we just continue but to grow. But, but when our church planners come in, the, the worst thing in the world I think that could happen is for them to look at all that God has blessed us with here and go, wow, must really be nice. No, 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 no. It, it really isn't the building. It really isn't the lights. It really isn't the children's ministry. It really isn't the land. It is, it's the power of God. And if we ever start thinking it's about anything other than the power of God, we are in desperate, in desperate need of repentance to turn back to him and say, God, it can only happen through you. And so we need the power of God. So Jesus warns us not to get distracted in that moment. Now, so this is how it unfolds, and then I'll explain what we're going to do. So Jerusalem is the town that they are in when all of this happens. Jerusalem is the town that Jesus is crucified and buried and resurrected in. So they start in that town. So that's our, that's our Bastrop. That's our Cedar Creek. We, we usually think of it as, you know, Bastrop ISD is the easiest way to think about that. Anyone that comes to school or is in this school district, that's our Jerusalem. That's, that's where we are going to start in this journey. And then we're going to go from that to Judea, which would be places outside, but still fairly similar uh, to that, you know, in, in this area. Uh, places that you know if you're from here that are fairly uh, close. And then Samaria is a total different people group. Samaria is a, is a totally different idea because uh, when you start reaching people from far away and people that are different uh, uh, than you, you, you set up new churches and new places. Instead of saying, hey, y'all come to us, you say, we'll go to them and then to the ends of the earth. And so this is how we're going to unfold it today. So let's talk about Jerusalem. The cool thing about our Jerusalem today in America so we go from Jerusalem, Judea, to Samaria, to the ends of the earth. In the Korean War, uh, one, of the, one of the side notes of the Korean War was uh, how many uh, GIs shared their faith, how many of the GIs uh, married uh, uh, Korean women, and the gospel took hold in South Korea in the 1950s. And in any country in the world that you have seen the gospel explode has been the country of South Korea. It doubles in number every 10 years since the 1950s. The gospel has done that. So much so. So we think of Korea as the end of the earth. So we went from America and we uh, went and, and had some missionaries over there in the early days and, and planted the gospel. And, and, and it was certainly there before, but really took hold. And now that's their Jerusalem. And did you know that? The, so where we think of the ends of the earth, that's their starting point. And did you know that Korea today sends missionaries to the United States? They're like those poor Americans. They need Jesus. And we're like, send them on. We do. And so, you know, so, so, so that's how it works for every church. It's like boom, boom, boom. But then that church is like boom, boom, boom. And then boom, boom, boom. And it, it really, truly, that's how it goes to the ends of the earth. And it's working. So let's talk about our Jerusalem here in, in Bastrop and Cedar Creek, Bastrop ISD. So our vision is reaching uh, people apart from God, reaching, helping, connecting people to Jesus. And so we want to help 
reach people. So let me tell you some ways that we're going to do this uh, in the new year. Number one, we'll start next week, uh, and we'll, we'll, I'm going to do a sermon series talking about us being uh, intentionally multi-ethnic. Intentionally multi-ethnic. How, what the Bible has to say, uh, how you can look at people of different ethnicities, how a church, a local church, uh, can be connected in different ethnicities and really and truly get along well in society. So I've been studying that, been looking a lot about that. And so that's where we are going to start this year. And so I, I wish I'm not the guy that has like, you, you know, like most of my sermon titles are like today's sermon titles, like Acts 1-8. All right, so like I don't have creativity. I don't, and so, so, but we're gonna look at uh, how to truly do this. And, and it's just gonna be what it is. It's gonna be intentionally multi-ethnic, what it takes for us to reach all of the people that we are surrounded with. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the people uh, who God had brought in the last days already. And so we're going to continue to look at that. And it's not a new, uh, a new vision or new goal. It's just an expanded one. And so it's not that we've been uh, exclusive towards ethnicities, but we've never, uh, we've just normally thought about uh, young families and so how do we make sure that we are reaching truly everyone in our community? And what, what does that look? So that's what we're going to do in the days to come in Jerusalem. The second thing, uh, we are going to have a new, uh, a new uh, staff structure. I told you earlier this year, uh, Ben Johnson has been promoted to our uh, executive pastor. And let's, our, Ben is actually on vacation this week. So while he's away, let's talk about him for a second, okay? All right, so... Um, so uh, when when all of when all of COVID hit, uh, you know you guys know we were in the middle of hiring, and uh, when COVID hit, you're just I mean you know you think about it you know like we we just had this brand new building I mean we we just we just I mean this four million dollar project and then the church is closed and it's me and the camera guy up here having church on Sunday morning and I'm like I think I've made a big mistake <laughs> like this we got plenty of room right and so and and but but we prayed through it and we had we had we had just started talking to Ben when all of this was happening and you remember in the early days of COVID you're you're having those conversations you're like what's it like there what you know and, and Ben and I were talking one day and this is way before we hired him he's like hey what are we thinking we're going to do on this hiring process with COVID and that was a scary moment because, you know, think about it. I mean, there was no people here. There was just online how easy it would have been to save money to, well, let's just wait and see. And, 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 all. and it, it really was a temptation. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm going to move your family down so that, I, you know, maybe you can pastor the camera guy. I don't know. You, you know, that's all that's here right now. And so, so we, we talked through it, and, and, I, and I, uh, I prayed through it, and I called him back. And I said, hey, Ben, I got I to be honest with you. I, I feel like the, you know, the Lord told us to do this. The very first thing that we do before we pray or before we hire, the Bible says that Jesus prayed all night before his disciples. And so I don't pray all night because, frankly, I, you know, that would be a, I, I would fall asleep. All right, so let's just be honest. But I do take it, I do take as literal as I can. And for every staff hire that we um, hire, I pray eight hours before we even start the process. And so when we have, we have a new, we're looking for a new youth minister about to start. So Ben and I and Josh all prayed eight hours each. 
And so I said, I've been praying, and I felt like the Lord led us to this. And so the Lord's not like, oh, no, COVID, stop, you know. And so, so we're going to go for it. I, I think that we ought to go for it. And men said, you know what? Me and my family, we're all in. We're all in. And so we went through that process. Ben was uh, on the executive staff of a church uh, running 5,000. Uh, he was one of six on an executive staff. So when we hired him here at one point, I had to be honest. And I was like, hey, you realize this is not even like a lateral move, right? Like you realize you're sort of, if you get hired here, you're sort of slumming it. Right? You know, like, and he goes, yeah, I, I, but this is where God wants me. And God has been a blessed, and Ben has been a blessing to our church. He is going to be our executive pastor. He's going to run our ministries. Uh, he's going to be in charge of the day-to-day -day operations. He's going to uh, be the one that, that the staff deals uh, directly with, and it's wonderful. And so I'm so excited about that. Josh Grant, who is uh, with a, stu a group of students right now on their way to Atlanta, Georgia for a, a worship conference, so pray for them, juniors and seniors uh, going to a worship conference. Uh, he's going to be promoted to our uh uh, connections pastor so we need a new youth pastor and uh, we'll, we'll be, be uh, announcing that they'll work together for a time but this is really important listen guys we're doing really well in student ministry right now we're doing really really well and and a lot of people are like man you better hire a good one and uh, you know kind of like a lot of pressure my wife especially is like you don't mess up just boom and so um so I want you to be in prayer for that. But we are changing our structure where that Ben will lead the operations of our church uh, from day to day. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that future and what that looks like. Um, number three for Jerusalem, uh, we will probably, uh, if the Lord continues to bless like he has. Uh, guys, we started out the first of this year. Uh, we started out, so in the old days, I always measured attendance. But in these days, you, I measure attendance based on the uh, previous uh, year or two years, pre-COVID attendance. So, so I can see, okay, how are we doing uh, more of a, a, a percentage? And so uh, we started the year about 40% uh, attendance pre-COVID. And that was growing tremendously. We, had, we started with 20. And so we started this year. January 2021 with about 40% pre-COVID attendance. Now we are up to, on most Sundays, between 85 and 90% of our attendance. And so, but we have more room than we've ever had before. We were just in this building. And so it's not like that's the new, that's a ceiling. Guys, that's a new floor. And we believe that we will continue to grow. So my guess is fall of this year, we will move to three services. And so I want you to know that that's coming. And so, uh, again, I love reaching people. I love making room for new people. I love doing that. And we've had as many as four services before on Sunday morning. We do that really, really well. So I'm excited about that. It's going to give you more opportunities. Uh, we'll have one earlier. Some of you that are, the, you know, wake up at 5 a.m., we'll have a service for you. So, uh, so that'll come soon. Number four, we're having, uh, we'll have more media uh, and uh, streaming, podcast, video, communications. Uh, we were way behind when all of COVID started. We have caught up very rapidly, and we, want, we believe we'll be on the front edge of that very quickly. And so we have a lot more video capabilities, those type of things. And so you'll see those in the next year. And then number five, uh, we will probably begin to be uh, in the fall of this of this next year. You will begin to hear about our building expansion uh, plans. Uh, there's there's three areas that you can run out of room in church. There's parking, there's children's, and there's worship. 
And so uh, one of, anytime you have one of those three begins to become a bottleneck is a problem. And uh, it's fun to see, I mean, you know, for me, it's fun to see people packed in and crammed in, all that kind of stuff, because you're like, ooh, we're really growing, but you guys hate it. I mean, nobody wants to park far away. I mean, nobody, you know, I love going to a movie where no one else is there besides me and my family, uh, you know, but the manager of the movie theater, he loves it when it's packed. And so, so we have to continue to, to uh, make sure that we have room for that. Our town is growing tremendously. Bastrop Independent School District had 500 new uh, students enrolled this fall alone. So from the start of school till now, over 500 students have enrolled. Uh, with Tesla coming in, some of the bigger uh, entities coming in, uh, we're anticipating, and, and those who are showing demographics, are anticipating between 1,200 and 1,500 homes being built here every single year for the next five years. So that means that our church, if we're going to continue to reach people, then we're going to have to be more and more willing to how we can accommodate them in all that we do. And we are about reaching people. And so we're going to be on the front end of planning for that because it does take a long time to raise money and build buildings and those, those type of things. And so you'll begin to hear some of those in the days to come. Now, why is that important? Let me give you an example. Um, Long before the Coast Guard was implemented in America, long before America was actually a, a country at all, uh, there's a place in North Carolina uh, that's known as the Graveyard of the Atlantic. 300 ships had, had uh, shipwrecked on the coral, the Outer Banks, uh, in the last 300 years. And so uh, over uh, about a ship a year, and, and these are massive ships with hundreds sometimes of people in these ships. And so a group of men got together in this area, and they uh, started what would eventually become the Coast Guard, but at this point, they called it the United States Life-Saving Service. And so they would go, and they, would, they had a shack, they had, they had a watch, and they would watch for ships on the horizon uh, who were either stuck or many times uh, were shipwrecked and were actually drowning, and they would go out, and they would save them. That's what they did. Uh, and so there's a, there's a book about this, and I, I heard a man talking about that read one of the stories, and one of the stories of that was uh, there was a group of uh, men, and they were there. There were a few of them there, and they saw a ship that had begun to sunk. In fact, only the mast was above water, and there were four sailors sitting on this mast waving, and it was about three miles off of the coast. And so they sat there, and they saw these incredible seas and these incredible swells, and, and they decided that they would go out and they would save these men, even in the most harrowing situation. So they left one man behind to man the shack and to help, and they, gave, they each gave him a verbal will. If I die, make sure my wife knows this. Make sure this is how, you know, I want my things to happen. And they began to row out. And they rowed out. And it took them, the whole rescue, the entire event, took them 24 hours. No food, no sleep. But they went and they rowed out. And eventually, uh, through in the middle of the night, they got to the men, they got them in the ship, but the, the rescue wasn't over because they had to go all the way back in, and now their boat uh, was very likely to get uh, bashed on the rocks as well, and so they carefully wa went back in. 24 hours later, all of these men uh, just lay there on the beach, but they had rescued all four of the men. 
And, uh, of course, the newspapers of those days, you know, caught the story and how, how remarkable it was. This was, a, this was a breeding ground for heroes, this kind of place. And so that day they decided on their slogan because everyone was asking, why did you go out? Why did you risk your life for those men out there that you didn't even know? Why, why are you willing to do that? And so for all of the life of the United States life, uh, Life-Saving Service, their slogan was, we have to go out. We don't have to come back. And they were willing to go out and they were willing to risk their lives for others. They were willing to make sacrifices for others. And that's where heroes were born in those days. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe with all of my heart that we are going to be, if we will be the ones who will move forward in the kingdom of God, we will be the ones who will say, we have to go out. We have to bring people into the life-saving station. Our friends, our family, our coworkers, our neighbors, they are dying without Jesus. And if we don't bring the gospel to them, then no one will. And we will take it on our shoulders to bring the gospel to people. We are about reaching people who are apart from God. And so we will make a place for that to happen here within uh, the midst of us. Number two, Judea. We're going to go from Jerusalem to Judea, which is um, people who are similar to us, uh, people who are around us. Um, This will be uh, our multi-site strategy. If you've grown up in church at all, a multi-site strategy is basically one church, many locations. And so we've talked about this for literally over 10 years. Uh, You've got to have your 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 first one, I believe, up and running really well because it's going to take money and time. Uh, In the early days, I used to talk about Smithville a lot. Um, we had a lot. We have a lot of people that come from Smithville. Um, I'll tell you where I think the Lord. If if you were to ask me right now, if we were to start today, where it would be, I really and truly want you to be praying about Taylor, Texas. Taylor, Texas. Uh, if you don't know anything about Taylor, um, I preached there years ago. Uh, I used to travel and preach, and I preached there years ago. And uh, man, the Lord did something cool in my life in in Taylor. I won a man to the Lord. And uh, in a, in a uh, basically a homeless man uh, there, and uh, and and it, he got saved and baptized. Really cool story, and I'll never forget where he was, and and just looking at the place and thinking, man, this will be a great place for a church. And uh, we had a lady move from River Valley recently uh, and and moved to Taylor. So I was driving through, and uh, I stopped to see her the other day. And there's no expression like River Valley in Taylor, Texas. There's, there's no, there's, that I know of, uh, no modern, for lack of a better term, church there. And so I really and truly, uh, if you don't know uh, what Taylor is known for these days, Taylor's got a $17 billion Samsung facility right to go right next door between Taylor and Hutto, that area. And so Hutto has been growing for a long time. Taylor has been like, no, thank you. Well, here it comes, baby. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's like Bastrop in the early days. And so $17 billion. Guys, if you've driven by the Tesla plant, you're like, that is huge massive that's only one billion i mean you you know can you imagine 17 billion in the amount of people and money and resources that will come into that place they need a river valley they absolutely need a river valley and so i want you to pray about that so uh there's there's lots of um there's lots of plans that needs to go into that but i really and truly believe that that we can make a difference in taylor texas and take river valley to those places uh also as you're praying always be open to what god is wanting you to do god is wanting you to do 
Because I'm gonna, we'll, we'll, the very first step will always be to hire a, a, a planter there that, that will go and take River Valley to that place. Um, and so, and that, whoever that person is, I will give them free reign within here. If they can talk you into moving with them, then get after it. And so, uh, man, we always want to be open to what God is doing. And some of you, some of you are gripping on right now. You're like, I'm not ever moving again. Maybe you are. And so, uh, and so be, uh, man, I want, I'm excited about that. So, uh, number three, Samaria. We believe in church planning across uh, our nation. And you saw the, uh, earlier, you saw the picture of Chris Renfro. We have planted churches. We plant at least one church a year uh, since the year of 2010. So that's 11 churches that we have helped plant. Let me give you where they are. San Marcos, Austin, New Braunfels, Boston, Washington, D.C., Denver, San Antonio, Toronto, Cibola, which is north San Antonio, Atlanta, and Rockport. We have planted those 11, helped plant those 11 churches in 11 years. All of them, uh, the one that we uh, went to Austin did not make, uh, and so it is no longer there, but we did plant a church there. Uh, and so the other 10 are up and doing very, very well. And so uh, I'm very excited about that. I was at a church conference earlier this year, and the, the pastor was talking about, I mean, massive, massive, one of the biggest churches in America. <clears throat> and his son tried to plant a church and uh, and it didn't make. It was during COVID. And uh, and if there's ever been a guy who had more resources, it would have been this guy. You, you know, I mean, just massive amounts because of of who his father was and the size of the church. But it, it didn't make. And I'm here to tell you that during the middle of COVID, literally. We help plant two churches that have been, one of them you saw up here uh, in Johns Creek, Georgia, and the other one in Rockport, have been the two most successful starts we've ever had in church planting. They are doing phenomenal. The one in Rockport's already running in the high 200s, 300s in one year time. I mean, it is phenomenal, phenomenal what God is doing in those places. And we want to be a part of that. And so I want you to be praying, Lord, where would you have us to plant in 2022? If you know a person who's thinking about planning a church, have them contact me. Uh, I would love to, to uh, talk to them. Uh, even if we don't uh, think that they're right for our church, uh, I do offer a lot of free resources as far as coaching and those type of things. We want to help churches plant. We're also going to be starting this year uh, a, a network of River Valley Radio, River Valley Training, where we are going to uh, officially help those church planners. So I hope that you will see some of them around campus during the week on weekends like Chris Renfro. I do that uh, already now. Uh, a couple of them are looking at buying their first buildings. And so uh, I'm going to be going up to Denver uh, this year to help uh, the, the church in Denver find their first uh, building. And uh, so you guys are making a difference in all of those places across America and actually in Canada in the one in Toronto. And so I'm excited about those things. The last one, we're to go to the ends of the earth. Um, I have a, a call this week with Compassion International. If you don't know, uh, two years ago, uh, well, actually, when we started taking up the money for this building, the very first amount of money that we gave, we sent uh, through Compassion International to Leon, Nicaragua. We helped uh, uh, plant a church. Uh, we helped buy or, or, or uh, 
paid for a building, and we now, our church now sponsors over 200 children in that church in Compassion International and in that city. And so uh, we were scheduled to go October 2021 to, or 2020, excuse me, uh, on a mission trip there. Of course, with COVID, uh, we can't do that. The last thing that we can do to, I mean, Nicaragua is the second poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. We cannot bring any kind of sickness there. They have enough problems. And so we're, we're trying to work through how to work with COVID. We will be going on mission trips. You really and truly can meet your, your uh, uh, sponsored children. When I went the first time I met my sponsored child, at that time we only had one. Now we have three, my family. Uh, I want to meet the other two. You know, we, we talk or uh, write letters back and forth, those type of things. But Pray for the church in Nicaragua. It's God of Mercy Baptist Church in Nicaragua and in Leon, Nicaragua. Uh, if you look on a map, um, Nicaragua is in South or Central America. It is um, there's a large lake there, uh, Lake Managua. It's just a little bit north of there. It's really easy to find. And so pray for them. Pray for them and pray that we would be able to start more churches in that area so that we can really and truly do what we are doing here in Bastrop and making others or helping others to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're doing a great job on that. And I want to commend you, but we want to be able to do that more and more. And we want to be able, I want, I want you to see it. Because there's, I'm not an emotional guy. And when I, I went the first time and God gave me a vision to plant that church, I went back the second time and the church was planted and the building was built and all of these children were coming up to me and the pastor and saying thank you for all of the work you did, not me, you did in sponsoring them and everything and I lost it. Guys, I, I was, I, with the amount of gratitude I had that Jesus would even allow me to see that was so overwhelming. I mean, literally overwhelming. And I want you to feel that. To be a part that you feel, you, I'm a part of a church that is truly making a difference in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And, and I want you to not just uh, believe that, I want you to see that and feel that. So I want you to be able to go with us uh, to Nicaragua, you know, as soon as we're able to figure out a way to do that, where, where we really are able to, to help um, in, in their, in their uh, raising witnesses. So... The Bible says that we are to be his witnesses. You will be my witnesses. You, 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 me, we will be his witnesses. I want you to witness the work of God this year. Not hear about it, not read about it in the Bible. I want you to witness it. I was there. I saw it. I watched God unfold. And it was life-changing. You can be witnesses to the work of God in River Valley. Let's pray. I want you to pray um, specifically today. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. We, um, we are doing well in Jerusalem. I'm amazed. We stepped out in faith in the early part of COVID to do things that were um, hard. And because of that, man, we were able to really and truly see God move. And we're doing that. I talked to a pastor just the other day. He was like, hey, what are you, what are you guys thinking about opening back up with COVID? And I was like, oh, my goodness. Here we are, and God is moving in such ways. I'm so thankful that we get to move to see this.
pray for our church. Pray that we would reach people, that we would help them, that we would help connect them to Jesus. Pray that we would be intentionally multi-ethnic. That there would be people of different races and creeds. That there would be people who've grown up literally all over the world who come here and find faith in Jesus Christ and find a family at River Valley. Pray for the different structures that we have going on this year that they would be uh, honored by God to reach people. Pray for Judea. Pray for the people of Taylor, Texas. If you want to go to a modern church in Taylor, Texas, in other words, like kind of what you see here, then you got to go to another town. Pray that God would give them how he is working in this generation to there. One of the best things about being in part of our church is coming to church on Sunday morning and seeing a friend out at H-E-B on Tuesday. I love that. Pray for the uh, church plants that we have. Let's pray for Chris Renfro. He's the pastor. Hope Church. Johns Creek, Georgia. They are doing well. God is blessing them. They've, did you hear him say they've met eight, uh, 15 times they've already baptized eight people? That's tremendous. Pray for 2022. God, where do you want us to be? Pray to the ends of the earth. Leon, Nicaragua, God, help make a way for our church to connect regularly with their church by going in trips. But God, I pray that you would keep them safe and growing. I pray for Pastor Justo. I pray for his mission. God, for the vision that he has. And God, I pray that where for us, he's the ends of the earth. For him, it would be Jerusalem and that you would take him from Leon, Nicaragua to the ends of the earth where you have him to go. Lord Jesus, thank you that we get to be a part of a church with a strategy and a plan. Help us to execute well, but Jesus, our best efforts will fall incredibly, incredibly short. Help us, Jesus, instead to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're here right now, this has been a different kind of sermon, and I knew it would be. This is kind of an insider sermon for us to kind of make sure we're all on the same page and we hear some things. But let me witness to you real quick, if you are a guest or if you're new to Christianity. Jesus, let me, let me tell you, Jesus is real. Jesus is real. Jesus is alive. There have been so many times over the Christmas break where I've opened up my Bible. I, I do my Bible study in my, in my closet. I've got a little desk there. And where God has spoken to me, God has shown me things. 
God has challenged me, and God has rebuked me, and God has encouraged me, and God has empowered me. Jesus is real, and he is alive. He died on the cross for your sins. He died for my sins. He died to give me abundant life and eternal life, and he wants to right now give you abundant life and eternal life. Let him today. Let him come in. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for listening. I pray that the message gave you hope, that you were inspired, you were challenged. And I want to also encourage you that if you'd like to join us live, you can go to myrivervalley.church or download the River Valley app for more info about service times, directions, and ministries. And thank you for giving. Your generosity and how you serve as our church family is so important to us. You are helping reach people for the gospel of Jesus. You can go to myrivervalley.church give for more details there as well. We'll see you next week.